Amen. And I look forward to what God is going to do in our future. And so as we stand here today to celebrate the past and and just um, have vision for the future, uh, in doing so, God blesses us where we're at. Amen. Uh, We're not living in an imaginary world or we're not living in a fictitious world, but we're living in a place of blessing and also in a place of fulfilling vision and dreams. And so uh, out of the book of Psalms, chapter 126, I was reading through Psalms again this week, and and, uh, this chapter jumped out at me, and I I felt like that it was something that that, uh, really uh, spoke about where we're at. It says, Psalms 126 said, When the Lord brought back the captive of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. When our mouths was filled with laughter and our tongues with singing, then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them, and the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. And Bring back our captive, O Lord, as the stream in the south, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bringing seed for sowing, shall doubtlessly come again rejoicing and bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. And uh, so a couple of things stuck, stuck out to me in this scripture. Number one is we are like those who dream. If you don't have a dream, then, then you don't have nothing to go on. Amen. Uh, It is a medical scientific proof, and and I may talk about this some later, but it's medically uh, proven. If you remember the the, um, uh, book that we read during our time of fasting and prayer, The Circle Maker, in there it has documented uh, scientific or doctor proof that as you grow older that there is a shifting in your brain and you go from uh, living out of memory instead of living out of vision, out of dreaming. And so the, the challenge is this, that there comes a time that we have to be careful not to live on what we have seen and never dream. Because if you quit dreaming, then you have nothing for faith to lend itself to or connect to. And so you have to have faith and you have to have a hope, right? Right? And in the midst of faith and hope, then it has something to connect to, to take you to where God wants you to be. And so as we read these scriptures again this week, I believe it explains where we are. We rejoice because God has done great things for us. And he tells us in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 that the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it, because it's it's sure to come and will not tarry. Right? And then he tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he tells us there, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Here in this house, we have taken this scripture for our vision, for our purpose, why we are here, why we exist. 
And it is this, that we go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And that is the four platforms in which we preach the gospel, in which we do ministry to be able to see the vision and the purpose of God fulfilled over this house. When we look at Jerusalem, it speaks to me of our home church. It speaks to us of the tabernacle of praise. This is the foundation in which everything else is built upon. And a good builder will tell you that that the uh, most important thing is not in um, the kind of appliances you have. It's not in the texture of the walls that you have. But the most important thing is what? The foundation. Amen. In fact, you can spend thousands of dollars on a foundation that nobody will ever see. But yet, if you don't invest in the foundation which nobody will ever see, what they do see will become a wreck and a mess and an embarrassment to you, right? And so we have to lay a foundation that is secure. We have to invest in the foundation, and that is this house. And we've been focusing much of our time, our talents, and our treasures upon building up a solid place of ministry here at the tabernacle. And it is... uh, my vision to build a strong tabernacle so that we are able to go to the other three platforms of uh, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth and make life's uh, change. Those people that are lost, those people that are hurting, those people that are broken, but we must first focus upon this house and we must have a strong base in which we can extend ministry so that we won't be embarrassed or won't be ashamed, but we'll know that we've got a solid foundation that we have built upon, right? Amen. And so we are reaching our Jerusalem. Uh, As we have laid this foundation, we are reaching this Jerusalem with a multi-generational church. If you were to scan around this room today, every generation is represented in this building today. It is not by accident, it is not by coincidence, but it is an orchestration of God and hard work combined that has brought us together in such a place as we are today. If you uh, have not been here for the series of multi-generational church, you need to get online, get that downloaded in uh, iPod or whatever you need to do, but get that in your spirit because that is the key to the last day move of God. I said that is the key to the last day move of God. You can't have old church and you can't have so cutting edge church that no, that, that you cut the anointing out. There has to be a group of multi-generational people coming together where there is balance in the house of God. So it matters not what the age is, but it no, matters are you saved? Amen. Are you saved? Are you a Christian? Is your life been changed by Jesus Christ? And if that is, and that's what's important. And so we must build upon this understanding that we are not building upon a personality. We're not building upon a, a structure that will shake and change, but we're building upon the principles of the Word of God. There are three reasons that this uh, church is here. And first of all, it's to experience God. 
lot of time and effort go into. And if you're not a part of leadership, you don't have no idea. And I'm not here complaining. I'm just telling you, you don't have no idea what goes into making it a, a place where that we can experience the presence of God every single Sunday. But let me just say that that is the ri- the whole crust of why we do what we do. That's the reason why we have a building. That's the reason why we have a a staff. That's the reason why we have those eight teams that are serving so diligently. It's because we are creating an atmosphere where people can come and experience God. Because at the end of the day, we can have the most beautiful uh, facility in in the county. We can have people working hard and laboring and toiling. But if people People do not encounter a true and a living God. Their lives will never be changed. I thought I was in church today. Huh? You going to put your trust in Dr. Phil? Come on. I said there is no life change if people don't turn to Jesus. Amen. And you got to wake up and realize this isn't a game. I said, this isn't no game. This isn't no religious exercise that we're going through. People's lives are in the balance and we must have an encounter with a living God to break the strongholds and the hell off of their lives. People are bound with addictions and bondages and tormented in their mind every day. And we can't just come up in here and and go through the motions. You know what the most important Sunday is here? The next Sunday, the Sunday that's coming up, it's not Easter, it's not Christmas, it's every Sunday, amen. The Sunday that's coming up is the most important Sunday at the Tabernacle of Praise. And we've got to have a place where people can experience God, where they can come and encounter Him and their lives be changed for real, amen. Hallelujah. So we experience God. That's the reason we exist. Then we equip believers through our life groups. Amen. If you're not connected in a life group, you need to be. It is unwise to try to go through life by yourself. Amen. You need a life group to be connected to so that you can do what God has called to you to do. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. Amen. And so when you connect yourself, your vision, your passions, your gifting, when you connect in ministry with each other, you're able to do more together than you would by yourself. And so we equip people to do the work of ministry. And then third of all, we engage our culture. Engage means to participate in. Amen. And so we're not afraid of the culture of the day. We're not afraid of darkness. We're not afraid of the what is going on in our community. We understand today that God is on our side. And because of that, we're going to engage ourselves, participate in the community. And we are not going to be uh, just a, a, a part of the culture. We are going to be a counterculture that rises up in this last day and tell the world, amen, that Jesus Christ really is the answer. He can save He can deliver you. He can set you free by the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Amen. 
So we're here to experience God, equip believers, and engage our culture. And we believe if we can do those three things, then we can have a a life-giving church where people's lives will be changed. Amen. Over this past year, 11,428 people have come through our doors. Uh, If you can't do it right, don't be given no patty cake. Amen. That's 11,428 lives, souls. Amen. That's just Sunday morning. That means that our greeters have greeted 11,428 people. That means that our parking lot attendants have uh, parked uh, 4,572 cars. Why? So somebody can hear the gospel. So their lives can be changed. Because we believe in the power of the gospel. Amen? Because of that, people's lives have been changed. We have seen salvation. We have seen uh, baptisms. We have seen membership that is, as you've seen on the screen today, and we have seen that increase each and every year because people are working together to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Children's ministry is growing. We have tab kids. We have Explore Church. We have the nursery. You have VBS. It's coming up. Just let me put a plug in. If you haven't been a part of VBS here, you ain't been a part. Uh, yeah, yeah, you say, well, I've been a part of VBS other places. You ain't never been a part of one like this, right? And uh, we do it big time here. And uh, if you haven't got connected, be a part of that. Student ministry is doing all kinds of things, you know. And you say, well, what are you talking about all of this? Because some folks have the idea that all that happens here in this house is what you see happen on this platform on Sunday morning. But I'm telling you that, that we are reaching our region with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are making impacts and we are making differences. Amen. Student ministry found a young man who was struggling with a brain tumor and they took it upon themselves to to raise money for that young man and his family and uh, was able to minister to him while he was healing and, and God's doing a work there in his life and we're thankful for that. Amen. We've seen uh, the generational gaps being mended through uh, as the uh, student ministry would uh, cook a dinner for our seniors, right? Okay, four of you there. Amen. And we're seeing these things take place. We, we could talk all day long, and I'm not going to be long, but I just want to show you that the vision is coming to pass. We talked about this four years ago, right? But today we're not talking about what will be uh, as much in saying we hope this happens. We're talking from a place that it is already happening. Amen. Vision is already coming together. It is taking place. And then we go from Jerusalem to to, to, to Judea. And this is extending from cities around us, from the tabernacle. Uh, You might look at it as Putnam County and Cabell County. 
and uh, we reach those right now through life groups, and and we also uh, the life groups are uh, have gone into those counties and and they fed the hungry, right? Uh, they've given clothes out to the needy. They have given coats out to those who uh, need to be warmed in the winter. They needed, uh, you know, uh, some of our, I think it was our senior life group that went and visited the veteran home. Amen. And just blessed them, spoke over their lives. You said, well, did they preach? No. Sometimes you don't have to use words. Amen. They didn't go up there and hand out coats and tell them you're going to hell and you need to get right. And if you was saved, you wouldn't need a coat. Right? But how many know they heard Jesus when they gave him that coat? Amen. Outreach goes to the nursing home every month, ministers to them, and, and uh, just does all kinds of different games and activities and gives them things and blesses them with uh, a birthday Uh, time down there, celebrate their birthdays for the month. They've prepared uh, dinners for those who are in need, have the food distribution that happens every month. Uh, We are are the first church. I'm I'm happy about this. We're the first church. I was watching um, Destiny play ball last year, and uh, I seen on their, all their shirts, you know, they had somebody in her team was Ohio Valley Bank, and and so I began to inquire. I said, "What's it cost to uh, to sponsor a team?" And and they told me, and it was very minimal. You couldn't even get a billboard for that. And I'm thinking they're all around this county playing two or three times a week, and they get that kind of act, uh, advertisement for that money. I said, "That's what we're going to do." Amen. And so we sponsored two teams this year. And uh, lucky for them, they didn't hook up with a losing somebody. They hooked up with us in a no-fail season. So the Milton team went 19-2-1, and two and, one, and they had the best record in their league. And then the, the, win, the Hurricane team, they won the championship for theirs. Amen. You say, well, that don't sound too spiritual to me. I'm talking about going into Judea and making an impact and tell folk. You know what most of the community looks at the church? Well, they want something. Well, they they want something. They want to get something out of you. No, you ain't got enough. (laughs) You ain't got enough. But we've got to turn this thing, turn the mindset to the community knows we're not here to take. We're here to bless you. We're here to give to you. And we, in, in, who knows the impact we may have had on some child? Who knows who, what impact we may have had on somebody that doesn't have a church? And Christmas may come around and they say, where are we going to go to church at? And, or are we going to go to church? And they say, well, what about that, that church that sponsored the ball game? And so we're sowing seeds. The book of Esther... Does, that never mentions God. 
never mentions God, but you would have to be a blind fool to read Esther and not see the hand of God everywhere in that book. I want people to see the hand of God in our lives as we reach out to our Judea and we share the love of Christ with them in such a way that it compels them to want to know the God that we are serving. Amen. Judea speaks to us of satellite churches, planting churches around this region that will minister to the needs of the people that are in those regions and those areas. How do we do that? We do that by raising up and discipling spiritual sons and daughters that have an anointing upon their life to go and to plant churches so that another region, another area can be blessed. He tells us to go into Samaria. Samaria also is, it speaks, when you study out Samaria, Samaria was the gutter. It was the filthy place. It was the lonely place. It was that place uh, that other folks didn't want to be a part of. It was that part of the city that they said, don't go there during after dark. Are you with me? Don't go there in, in time, you know, because that's that side of the city. Samaria was that place of darkness. It was that place where that, uh, that other people didn't want to go. And so that's part of what we did in life groups is, is they went to those places where that they were less fortunate, places where they needed clothes and food and ministered to them. And so it is that God is wanting us. You say, well, we're not in a metropolitan area. Well, ha- have you been to Charleston and Huntington? There are people up there living up under the bridges. There are people peddling. You, you go try to walk downtown Charleston and see how many people approach you trying to get some money. It's because they're hurting. It's because they're need. And if we're not careful, we can hide behind our stained glass windows and say it isn't hurting us. And we can close up our bowels of compassion and we can say, it, it, you know, I'm okay. But it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's not about my family being okay. We have, we have a, a joy of being a Christian, but we also have a responsibility that comes with that. That we extend the grace and the love and the mercy to others that has been extended unto us. Amen. And so we have to show that love and reciprocate that love back to them. And so... God is wanting us to do that. He is wanting us to to feed the widow. He is wanting us to help those who are broken. He wants us to minister to those who need a helping hand for a moment. that That they can get to where they need to be and what God has called them to do. And so then he tells us to go to the ends of the earth. This speaks about world missions. And God, as God opens the doors, we're going to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Amen. How will we do this? By raising resources to send people to go. I'm thankful for all of the missions and the ministry that takes place. But at some point, 
you have to get more and just, you know, some people go and other people sow. Everybody can't go. So if you can't go, then you can sow. And you can make this thing happen, right? But at some point, you have to get connected into it. And so this is what my heart is, that we don't just send funds, but we send people. And we minister to the needs of those people that are there. As you've seen in the screen, if you remember that long table, that blue table, that's a little lady in, in Honduras that feeds 60 children every single day. She doesn't have no government assistance. She has faith and believes God to help her to feed those little children every single day. And God's faithful. Who wouldn't want to be a part of something like that? Amen. You see, but you, if you don't see that with your eyes, if you don't know the need, then, then it just becomes, you know, well, that's their problem. But when you see it, your heart turns toward them. And so it's our heart not just to sin, but to go. Amen. And we'll, we'll reach the nations as God opens the doors through sending people, doing citywide crusades. And uh, reaching them through feeding them, clothing them, taking medical supplies to them, right? And providing for them because as we do that for them, their hearts hope open up to the gospel. Amen? And they're going to be saved. And so we're going to be doing that. And over this last year, we've sent teams to Honduras. We've sent teams to the Dominican uh, Republic. And we have... Uh, Yes, Dominican Republic, and we have um, helped in South Africa. In South Africa, you have that picture for me? That's it. This is a church that we are presently building in South Africa because of your giving. Let me tell you something about this. We haven't, we didn't say anything about this. It was because you were faithful in your giving that we were able to send the money. Is that all right? So we're able to send the money to build this church in uh, South Africa that is uh, 40 by 60. We have um, been... Uh, blessed. Uh, we're working with a great friend of mine, Jonathan Morgan. We have teamed up with this, and the uh, the people there gave us 40 acres to develop. <clears throat> Jonathan's church in in North Carolina has raised raised the money to put a well there, and the well is already there on this site. Amen. We can do more together, right? And then we were able to send the money to put the walls up. And now all that is lacking is we need to put the roof on this building. And they'll be able to, you know, and that, that'll become the centralized hub of that area. 
of re- the, the different regions and different communities will be coming there for different things, for, for ministry, for school, for different things. But it is our vision in the future to put a medical center on this property. And so that whenever we go there, that'll be the hub and that'll be where people come to and they'll know that the God that we serve is more than just a myth, but he's the one that has provided you a place to worship. He's provided you water and he's provided you a medical place where you can come and get healing. Amen. And so this year we're uh, going to be uh, doing that. And then also we're going to be adding here locally to our our ministry structure. And uh, as you know, uh, we have a a ministry team now. We have different layers, but we have what we know now as the council or the church board. And uh, in the future, we'll be referring to that as the administrative elders. The administrative elders will continue to do what they have done in the past, and that is the oversight for business of the church. But we'll be adding uh, to that what we'll be calling ministry care elders. Ministry care elders will be this. They will be under shepherds that will serve up to 20 families each. It's what Moses did. Amen? It's what Moses did. And and so they divide them up into different so that there can be provide better care and be able to minister to you on a, a better level and a better way. And so each uh, family will be assigned to a, a uh, ministry care elder and under their care and under their uh, provision and direction, there will be more care provided for you and for your family and they will be able to uh, contact you quickly or you can contact them and in return minister uh, contact the church, and we can help you better this way. It'll just be another net of care. We'll have the pastoral care will never change. But how many know, uh, how, how many of you ever tried to keep up with 325 people? Right? And so we have to, we have to do more. And so the pastoral care will not change. The minist- we have ministry care elders that we'll be adding. Then we have life group care, and we'll have ministry team care that people are connected in life groups and ministry teams. And, and so we'll have four different nets of care where we can care for one another. Amen. We have missions that we're doing. I just showed you the building there in South Africa. We're uh, going to be uh, completing that, and as God directs and helps us, we'll uh, continue to work toward a medical center there. Uh, But we are also working in Honduras. And in Honduras, there is already, uh, the walls are up on the medical center there. Man, this is an 80 by 80 medical center. It's where that... Uh, Our teams have gone in the past and they have given out food, they've given out clothing, they've taken some doctors and and, uh, dentists and that kind of thing and went there and served the people. But uh, we are teaming up again. We, We did not have any part in putting these walls up. I just want you to know that. But we are going to raise the money to put the roof on it. Amen. And so 
that, that's our goal for this year is to raise that, those funds to put the roof on this uh, building in Honduras so that these people will know that God loves them. Amen? And that's, that. you know how the, the, the Muslim is growing so rapid in Africa? Just like this. The first thing they do is go build a medical center, drill a well, and say, our God takes care of you. What does Jesus do for you? But we're going to turn it around, baby. Amen? I said, we're going to turn it around, and we're going to let them know that the love of Christ and share the love with them. And as we do, we're going to share the gospel with them and tell them that Jesus can heal them, Jesus can deliver, and Jesus can change their lives. Amen? And so we're going to do that. We're also planning a crusade. I'm excited about that. We're going to be doing a three-day crusade in Honduras in uh, the month of October. We're going to be taking a team there. I think we've got five or six that are already signed up. I want to take ten people with me. I want to take 10 people with me. And so if you would like to go to Honduras, uh, you see um, Bo. There you go. See Bo, and he can give you the information on that. But I just want you, if you have a heart, if you would like to go, if you would like to be a part of something, you know, a little bigger than what you have seen in the past, come and be a part of that. We're going to be giving away clothes again, food. We're going to be taking some doctors and physicians and all of that. But I want to, want to you know, and we're joining up with other teams. But I want, I want to take 10 people from the tabernacle with us. All right? And so if you haven't signed up, I would encourage you to pray about that. And if you feel directed, you can come and talk to me or talk to Bo and uh, get information on that. All right? We are going to... Uh, they. I've already talked to the folks there, and they asked me, they said, do you want a crusade of 5,000? Do you want a crusade of 12,000? Or do you want uh, a, a crusade of 22,000? And uh, I said, well, let's start with five. And then next year we'll go back and get the 22. Amen. But I want lives to be changed. I said I want lives to be changed. But it's, it's great to have a vision for around the world, but we also have to stay focused here in Jerusalem, right? And there's things happening here as well. This year, in fact, we are planning the 1st of August. We'll be building a new multi-purpose building here. Uh, right in the back of this building will be this new building that will be going up. It will be a 40 by 64 building, two stories. On the bottom floor will be a, a student sanctuary that will be uh, 40 feet wide, 25 feet deep. And then also will house our benevolent center. And uh, on that bottom floor there will also be a garage to uh, take care of uh, vehicles and things so the vandals can't mess with them no more. And then on the top level, we'll have storage. I know you don't think storage is spiritual. Amen. But it'll keep down on a lot of fussing. If we have somewhere to store some stuff. We've cleaned out every closet, nook and cranny to um, be able to 
go to this place and I'm excited about God making the way for this new facility. It will enable us to uh, expand our children's ministry so that um, we can have room for them back there. And uh, then our student ministry will have their own place to serve and own place to worship. And then also, as I said, it will also provide for benevolence. Last year, when the, you remember when the storms came through here and the power was out all over this place, uh, the church was one of the few places that still had power. The county contacted me about this being a place where that people could come and, and an emergency shelter, and we were unable to do that for uh, uh, many different reasons that won't go into. But this this building will help us to provide in, in case of emergency that we can serve our community in better ways and that we can help them in times of need. Amen. You say, well, why, why do all of these things? Well, I tell you why we do all of these things is because people are still lost and people are still dying. And we have to understand today that we've got to do everything we can do to reach them. Amen. Everything. Whatever it takes. And you, you should be thankful that you're part of a life-giving church. Amen. Because the reality is, this is reality. 3,500 churches close every year. That's 2,900, or, or excuse me, 292 churches close every month. Today, we'll mark the day that 67 churches will close this week. And people still going to hell. People still lost. While Islam is raging. Why Antichrist spirit is attacking our nation like never before. And we've got 67 churches that will close today. That's the reason we have to. I said that's the reason we must have vision for our community, for our region, and for our world. We must dream big. Dream big dreams. Many times we pray this. We say, you know, uh, we, we read the scripture, Acts 1 and 8. And he said, and after that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. And then we talked about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. But, you know, we, we Pentecost sometimes we pray, God, give us more power. Give us more power. Give us more power. And, and I'm wondering if God says, what do you need it for? For the little dream that you got, you don't need no more power than you already have. But if you want more power, then dream a bigger dream. Enlarge your territory. Prepare your heart. Do something great. Amen. And when we begin to enlarge it, when we, you know, most of the time, what we call vision, we can do on our own. Just a little bit of help and some manipulation and we can make most of our dreams come to pass by ourselves. But you know how you can tell if it's a God dream or not? 
whenever it's bigger than you. When you don't, you, when you can't accomplish it. How many know we can't put a roof on a medical center in Honduras and build a building out back here, amen, and, and finish a, 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 a church in South Africa? We can't do all of those things. Except God builds the house. Except less God does it. Amen. We can't reach the region. We can't touch the world from a, who, 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 you know, who you think you are from Poduck, West Virginia. Little old nowhere. And you're talking about reaching the nation and taking the nation and, and, and speaking into communities and all this. Who, who do you think you are? It, it isn't about me. It's about the God that we serve. And I submit to you, he is greater than we've allowed him to be in our lives. Amen. We have limited him and we have made him so small. But I believe he's saying, dare to dream a dream. Dare to believe me. Dare to ask me for the nations and I'll give them to you. Amen. And so we have to dare to dream the dream. Believe big. And when we do and we put faith toward it and begin to walk toward it, we can see our dreams become realities. Because some folks, all they do is dream, but they never get up and work. But how many know after the good night of sleep and dreaming, you got to get up and work, baby. It takes some work to make that dream a reality. And God said, I'll bless the work of your hands. Come on, somebody. And so whenever we begin to work, God begins to anoint us and he gives us that power to fulfill those big dreams and visions that he has given to us. Amen. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go here in just a minute, but I, I'm just dream with me today. I, I welcome you and invite you to dream with me today because I see a multi-generational church of 500 people that are coming together every Sunday morning, lifting up holy hands unto God and giving him the praise and giving him the worship that he is worthy of. Amen. I see outreach ministry that is going out of this church every single day, every single week that is making an impact upon our region. I see mission teams that are building churches and medical centers and making an impact upon the nations of the world. I see distribution centers in South Africa and South America where that we can make an impact and a change on people's lives. And when we give them that, that hand of food, when we give them those clothes tell them this is in the name of the Lord. Jesus has sent this to you today and allow their lives to be changed forever. Amen. I see a harvest that is coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Amen. That the earth is being impacted and the glory of the Lord is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. I see us planting new churches throughout the region that will help us to bring in the harvest that God has ordained for us to have. Amen. You understand understand you have to see it before you can receive it. And I'm not just willing to dream, but I'm willing to work. And I'm looking for some folks as thankful as I am for where we have come from. Come on. I, I'm looking for some folks today that'll join hand to hand, arm to arm, vision to vision, heart to heart, and say, God, let us bring the impossible to pass. Let us see the miraculous take place, and let us see the kingdom of God established in the earth. Amen. Amen. 
June the 28th, be preaching this gospel for 31 years. 31 years. And my vision has never changed. It's become more clear. Step by step, place by place, piece by piece. It's become more clear as to how it's going to happen. But I stand before you today and can say without any reservation at all, I see more of the pieces to the puzzle than I ever have before. All of them's not in place, but at least they're on the table. They're coming. That video we seen a couple weeks ago of people on different ministry teams, it probably meant very little to you. Maybe, hopefully it impacted you, but it may have meant very little to you, but it meant a whole lot to me. Because within that video, without any, any manipulation, Jimmy, any pre-plan on our own, we've seen every generation involved in ministry in this church. Children being involved in benevolence. Seniors reaching out. I was in a meeting yesterday. I was in a meeting, and something moved me. There was a, they went around the room and said, "Who are you?" and all of this. And there was an there was an eighty three year old lady sitting there on the front row. She said she'd been in ministry for x amount of years. She said, "I'm eighty three years old and still available for the call of God." I like that. But that video meant something to me because I've seen the dream becoming a reality. I've seen that we're more than just talking about it, but we are becoming a multi-generational church. And, and that made you say, well, Pastor, why is that so moving to you? Because I, I am a young man yet. You understand me? But I'm also in a gap where that my life is shifting and changing. And I talked some about that Wednesday night, not, so I won't reiterate it. But my life is shifting and changing at this season of my life. And, and while I've got a long ways to run, baby, and I've got a lot of gas left in the tank, I'm thrilled because I can look behind me, and if Jesus tarries, there's some folk that can pick up this mantle and carry it on into the next generation and never miss a beat. And that thrills me. Whenever they tell us that this next generation, only 4% of them will be Christians in America. It thrills me that on any given week, we've got 70 kids back there being trained and developed and preached to on their level so their lives can be changed. So today, I just want to invite you to dream with me. Encourage you to participate with me. 
And let's see if we can't make this the best year the tabernacle has ever had. See if we can't win more souls than we've ever won in the history of the church. What do you say if we believe God for a hundred new lives being changed and baptized into the kingdom before this year is over? I know that people say, you know, well, preacher, he just wanting to build a big church. If that's your thought, you don't know me at all. You don't know me at all. Because it ain't about building a big church. It's about changing lives that the kingdom of God could be advanced. Your son, your daughter, your grandchildren will know Jesus Christ and know the power of the Holy Spirit that will save them for real, transform their lives, and know the power of the Holy Spirit working in them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I just want to share that some of that with you because sometimes, you know, we just think, well, this is all that's happening right here. But the reality is we're reaching not only to our region, but we're reaching to Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And it's because of your faithfulness in giving. Amen. Your faithfulness and your giving has allowed us to reach out and make an impact and a change and a difference. And I know it's, it's needful sometimes to go, you know, from time to time and, and encourage people to give. And, and we do that on stewardship level, but it's not to get your money. It's to help you understand the, the principles of giving. But I believe this, I believe when we give properly every week that we can do ministry without having to have chicken dinners. That ought to be just for extra. Not to keep the lights on, not to pay bills, right? It ought to be for camaraderie where people can come together and have fellowship and just have a good time together and raise some money for a special project or whatever. But it's because of our faithfulness in giving, we've been able to do what we've done and will continue to do because of your faithfulness. And I just want to say thank you for that today. I want to say thank you and I don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted, but we do our very best to be good stewards of what God places in this house. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, I love you today. Thank you for all the great things that we've seen accomplished in this past year. God, you've been good to the tabernacle of praise. You've shown yourself real and mighty. And I thank you, God, that the vision is coming to pass in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the uttermost parts of the earth. I pray today, Father, that you will continue to speak blessing upon us, that you will continue to direct us. God, that we will be a part of the vision and we can see the dream become a reality. God, help us to be more than dreamers, but help us to be people that wake up and 
and take hold of the plow and be willing to work and labor that the kingdom of God can be advanced. God, we love you and we thank you today. Thank you for our family members that have been saved. Thank you for all of those who have given their life to you and been baptized and taken into the kingdom and, and believe in the vision of this house. We thank you for that. And we ask you, God, that you will continue to bless us. Give us, help us to do everything we do with passion. Help us to do everything we do with passion, God, that the world can see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. God, we give you praise and thanks for this today in the matchless name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can somebody give him praise here this morning?